Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, Reiki Master Energy Teacher and author of the newest book in a trilogy, A New Life Awaits, Spirit Guided Insights to Support Global Awakening, which shares stories and messages from spirit that show us our challenges are not economic, political, or societal, but a disconnect from our true being and soul wisdom, or simply a loss of alignment to a universal source. I am delighted to welcome once again Rabbi Wayne Dasik, a former guest of the show, to share his new book, Radical Living, One God, One World, One People, which sends out a prophetic call for us to rediscover our spiritual roots and have the courage to become voices for radical transformation based on the concept of one God, one world, one people, which is the subtitle of this book. Hello, Rabbi Dasik, and thank you for joining us again on Healing from Within. And for those listeners who would like to listen to the former show that we shared about his book, The Real Name of God, go to the radio page of my website, CherylGlick.com, September 2013. So it's been eight years, Rabbi Dasik, since we talked. And what's well, thank you, thank you for inviting me again. I had a great time having you talk with you all those years ago, and I'm sure we'll have a great time today, too. Absolutely. And so much has changed, but maybe not really. Maybe it's just we're opening our eyes to what was always there for us. Rabbi, as listeners of Healing from Within are well aware, my intuitive, sensitive guests and I share stories and insights into the human and divine nature of each individual, offering a greater awareness of the duality of physical and energetic soul life and our connection to spirit and therefore all living things. We learn to self-investigate and then we learn more about life and the universal laws of energy so we can become better equipped to deal with challenges in the physical world and manifest our best lives as well as finding life is really a true miracle and gift. In today's episode of Healing from Within, Rabbi Dasik, author of Radical Living, will share his views on faith, ethical values, life transformations, and evolving human consciousness. He shows us how to remember, and in that word remember, member becomes a very important part. We are members of many societies and cultures and maybe lives here and beyond, and come together overcoming the fear, separation, and demonization represented by fundamentalists who stay limited to old ideas and limiting values. We will find we are all children of the universe, children of God, messengers of peace, and warriors for good. Many of us already know there is more that unites us than separates us, and if we can begin to look beyond negativity, we can hear our inner voice, create acts of love, righteousness, goodness, and compassion. Rabbi, I always love to ask my intuitive and creative guest, you may remember this or not, to think back to your childhood and remember a person, place, or event 
that may have signaled to you or others what lifestyle or interests and pursuits would be important to you in your adult life? Because it's important well, for us to remember everything. First of all, uh, a small correction. The book is called Radical Loving, not Radical Living, although Radical Living makes a great deal of sense, too. But the book is Radical Loving, One God, One World, One People. Um, and so, I actually, I just uh, interestingly enough, I just spoke about this in my synagogue, on uh, actually on those little Zoom boxes, on Yom Kippur. When, uh, when I was in high school, most embarrassingly for a 15-year-old, my mother was president of the high school PTA. You can imagine how terrible that was when, when mommy came to school every day. Uh, so she came home one she came home one day and she said, "I met your chemistry teacher in the hallway," and she said to me, "Mrs. Dasik, I'm sorry to tell you that I think Wayne will never amount to anything because he can't or won't memorize the periodic table of elements." <laughs> So my mother said, is this true? And I said, sure, it's true. Said, First of all, uh, memorizing the periodic table of elements is a silly um, um, exercise to begin with. And any, any teacher will tell you today that that's true. But second of all, I said, listen, even in my little 15-year-old brain, I know that my life is going to be in the... Social science, social sciences, and not the hard sciences. Sciences. I'm going to be in in uh, literature, and I'm going to work with words and with people and with ideas. Well, you can imagine in a Jewish family like ours, we had the weekend. Wayne will learn the periodic table blitz. So I learned the periodic table. But the issue was, had I not been, um, uh, had I not had a sense of self. Had my ego not been stronger, the teacher's sentence, Wayne might never amount to anything, might have become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Absolutely. Wayne will never amount to anything? Okay. If that's what she thinks, okay. So I don't have to amount to anything. So um, perhaps uh, my life has been a, um, a, a refutation well, of that. Then let me say you were guided from within to know what was right for you at a young age. And many yes. of us with this soul, um, heightened soul essence or sensitivity to energies, being empathic and, and knowing who we are as soul beings having a physical life, all that way. And you didn't do anything wrong. And the truth is, uh, we're not in school to just memorize what we can find in a book. Right now you can Google it and get the whole thing. We don't have to memorize and use our energies uh, in limiting ways like that. We have to learn... Uh, to use the wisdom of our heart and mind and soul to connect to people in good deeds and goodwill in health and love. And you, you knew it. And I sort of knew it as a little girl, too. I cried a lot because I saw the grown-ups doing things that I thought were inappropriate for grown-ups who should know better because my soul knew things that they didn't, even as a child. So the content for us was there and the path for a life. And in a way, we knew it in a subconscious way. Yeah, interesting. What are the main ideas of your newest book? You have written many before Radical Loving, One God, One World, One People. And why did you write this book now? <laughs> 
Well, I wrote this book now because uh, I took one look at the world, yeah. and I saw that uh, we were being split apart. There was there was uh, um, xenophobia and racism and sexism and white nationalism and white yeah. supremacy and violence and brutality and Islamophobia and anti-Semitism and terrorism. And I said, we have to be able to do better than this because this kind of behavior has achieved nothing. And uh, this diversity, this, uh, this uh, discrimination uh, doesn't, and doesn't reflect. And separation. Everything separates us. Right. So we sep we're separated from each other, and of course we're disconnected from God yes. and God's plan for us as decent, kind, loving, caring um, human beings. And so I wanted to point that out, and at the same time I wanted to point out a, a, a vision of a complete, unconditional, unreserved embrace of a world of oneness the transformation of the humankind and the planet on which we live. So a sweeping revolution, an unbounded evolution and transformation. So I put out this book and the the it was aspirational. It was saying to to us, look folks, particularly we here in America, the motto of America from the beginning was E pluribus unum. Out of out of many one, and we were indeed a melting pot. We were indeed a front porch community where neighbors cared about each other, and we knew each other, and we interacted with each other. And then some things happened in America in the seventies, the eighties, the sixties, seventies, eighties, and all of a sudden it became a me, me, me society. Me, 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 or not me. I'm not the victim. I'm not the uh, the the perpetrator. I'm the poor victim. And so, uh, instead of being this melting pot, we've become a patchwork quilt of special interests. Yes. And I, I had to say to, I wanted to say to our world, both the uh, American world and the, wor the, the greater world, um, there is, we are all children of one God, the one God who created us, the one God who knows us and who loves us and who says to us, I love you and I hope you will love me. And you are all my children. I don't play favorites. And so, I, therefore, I hope you will love each other and celebrate uh, your oneness. Now, of course, there's great beauty in our diversity. Uh, I taught for 17 years at the University of San Diego, which is a private Catholic diocesan university here. And one of my closest, most intimate friends in the world is a Jesuit priest. He doesn't want me to become Catholic, and I don't want him to be Jewish, because there is beauty, beauty in each of our different pathways. But the pathway is all the same, from God to God. And we are to learn and teach and be with each other as one family of humankind. Absolutely. And you said it so beautifully in something that you wrote in the book, I believe. It might have been entitled First Word. And you wrote, what a privilege it is to be in a body on Earth at this moment. We live in the magnificence of Earth's stunning beauty. We are the crown of creations. We are partners in the ongoing unfolding of the universe. We stand at yet another pinnacle of scientific, medical, and technological exploration. 
We hold the design for goodness, righteousness, equality, justice, decency, dignity, grace, kindness, compassion, and love. We constantly evolve human consciousness and reveal more and more of the mysteries of the universe. And it goes on to say, we are God's precious children, living on God's glorious earth, bathed in the light of God's splendor. How fortunate we are. And we need to learn to live together, lest we perish together. Now, well, I have this vision. I have this vision of souls in the heavens vying, vying to come into body and to be on earth at this time. Because this time, as you know, is a time of tremendous evolution, tremendous change. Uh, in the in the spiritual world, we call it moving from 3D to 5D. We are, a whole new world is birthing right now. Mm-hmm. And the old, we know that the old is crumbling because all the old uh, forms and models don't work anymore. And part of the, fun, the reason that fundamentalists are, hang, are ho- holding on by their fingernails is because they're afraid of what's coming to be. But we don't need to be afraid. We need to be overjoyed. We yes. need to be so happy. So souls, 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 uh, hundreds, millions, millions, and billions of souls were in the heavens tri- vying to come to earth at this time. And we won the lottery. Here we are. Well, I uh, What a say... great privilege. What a, what a great, great yes. uh, uh, honor to be here on earth at, at this, this incredible, time. momentous time. All right. I would say what happened was with the first wave, we're a little older, so we're here to welcome in the younger, new generation of children that are coming in who already know a lot of what they have to do to resolve the solution. Well, as you know, my wife and I, Ellen Kaufman Dasik and I, wrote uh, the book called Spiritually Healing the Indigo Children. Yes. We we wrote and and, and worked with indigo children. Empower, in, in paperback, it's called Empowering Your Indigo Child. Um, and we've been working with these kids all for 25 years now. I know, and and uh, that's what we are. <laughs> we are the first wave of indigo children that we're here to pre- to prepare ourselves and others for these times, and we're doing right. in doing many the in many ways in yeah. in many ways in a religious idiom. We are the desert generation. We're the we're the pioneers. We're the leaders. We we may ourselves not make it to the promised land, but we're leading the next generation to the border of the promised land. Oh, I, I got to say something because you just said that uh, in a reading recently for myself because I was asking a health question. I actually saw Moses putting up his hands against the desert storms and sand. And he was looking for God and had to do whatever he had to do. And Spirit said to me, uh, you and others in your family are seeking God, and you know it is a long road, and you will be healthy and in alignment to God for as long as is needed. <laughs> That's wonderful. And That's I, wonderful. I thought it was, I can't, the, the feeling of it and the vision of it, and knowing I'm going to do what I was born to do, as you know, is important to people like us who work for spirit. So let me yeah. go on to something. Um, you wrote that the good news is that men and women of peace and goodwill can rise up against evil, for we understand the words of the modern-day genius visionary Albert Einstein. You know, he knew a lot about energy and how the forces of life work. So he famously remarked, the world will not be destroyed by those who do evil, 
but by those who watch them without doing anything. So this is where we're at now. There's a lot to be done, and it doesn't have to be so horrid. We just have to keep emoting this energy and love and compassion and goodness that flows through us from being in alignment to spirit, and uh, and things will work out. That's absolutely right. Um, the you know it took a while for the United States and the Allies to rise up against Nazi Germany. Yes, but they did. But we did. And had we not, we would all be living in a Nazi uh, society. But men and women of peace and goodwill stood up against the evil and overcame the evil, and we can now live in freedom. Now, freedom is a wonderful thing, but freedom without responsibility is no freedom at all. So, um, again, back to that biblical image, God didn't bring us out of slavery in Egypt to... Um, Be frivolous. Sit in the desert to get to sit in the desert and get suntans. Right. God brought us out to give us a set of laws for humankind and how we are to behave with each other. Again, God says, "I know you. I created you. I know you intimately." And here's a set of rules, very simple rules, that if you follow, then your life together will be much happier. Will be much. Um, richer and fuller and you will uh, you will do wonderful wonderful things when you disobey those rules there are consequences yeah. and Cheryl what we are doing now right now is seeing some of the consequences mm-hmm. when people think that the, all the power is in their hands and not in the hands of the divine right I want to say something here I, I know I know you you understand that there are miracles small and large and they're happening all the time and uh, you wrote that solutions are possible, and they are. And uh, in my new book, A New Life Awaits, uh, I write a story that I was told about miracles to come, and I wrote, I recently was asked to be a guest at the Enlightened Women, Enlightened Jew Summit, hosted by Dr. Ruth Anderson, who told me that Archangel Michael was part of 500,000 light beings on the planet at the present time to aid us in our movement through all the tragedies and heartaches we are experiencing now to a more loving, peaceful time for humanity. I immediately tried to connect to the energy of these souls and teachers and angels being so moved by their desire to help with the healing of our many problems. And they told me it is through miracles that they will work with humanity at this troubling time for many people to open their hearts. And I have no doubt. Beautiful. They're all around us. And, uh, yeah, and we're going to eventually, there'll be more, but we have to come to the point where we trust what's uh, inside us and do what's right for us individually. And then collectively we'll all be better off. And it's going to happen. I don't know if it'll take 10 years, 100 years, but that's the process we're in right now. Well, sometimes people think that what is right for them individually um, is the best. Well, I'm not saying if you're going to hurt someone, no. I'm saying if you're truly connected to God, aligned to goodness and light and spirit, you're doing the right thing most of the time. Right, right. 
You know, uh, I wrote this book as, as an aspirational vision for our world. And then we were smacked with the reality of COVID and the yes. pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote a, I wrote a, um, I wrote a afterward at the, at the end of the book. But the, the, the difference is the following. Will we, will, freedom is, is an individual right and we do have individual rights. And on the other hand, we have to live for the highest good, the, the common good of the entire community. That's why we all stop at red lights. You know, my individual freedom tells me I don't have to stop at a red light. But if you don't stop at a red light, you create chaos. So here, here's the, the differences in, in how people have reacted to COVID. Someone says, I must, we must reopen the businesses because the only way I can feed my family and, and pay my rent is for my pizza shop or my dry cleaners or my nail salon to have some business. And I desperately have the responsibility of feeding my family and taking care of, of my children. That's one way to react. The other way to react is we must reopen our businesses because I have to go to the bar to dance and, uh, and play karaoke and I have to go to the beach and have a good time and get a suntan. <laughs> now, now, individual freedoms versus the highest good, the common good. And that's what we have to um, examine ourselves, examine our own lives, and make choices because that's what we're at right now. We're at the place where we have to make choices, and the uh, pandemic put it right in our faces, right in our faces. Well, you choose I your individual. That, yeah, I think one good. I think some good things have come out of the pandemic. I actually had the virus. All right, and no, I'm so sorry. Yeah, it was April of 2020 at the very towards the beginning, and I was meditating and I was saying. Well, Spirit, why did you think I needed this experience? And then I interviewed another healer uh, a few months down the road, and she told me uh, that she was not able to work in distant healing to help people who had COVID because it was so seriously affected her lungs and throat. But after she had it, uh, she was able to break through it and help a lot of people. And after I had it, I also was able to help a lot of people in hospitals in distant healing and uh, get through the, the whatever it was that was so toxic and help them. And uh, so there are reasons. So God didn't answer me that day why I had it, <laughs> but I did find in time that there was a good reason. And I spoke to my children every day on FaceTime. So I saw them. I stayed in. Of course, we all stayed in at that time. And then as soon as it was over and I had antibodies, I knew I wouldn't give it to anyone. And I could go out there in the world and do what I had to do to share my energy for happiness, goodness, and life and not lock ourselves into the fear of what the politicians were doing. Because I think they went overboard, to tell you the truth. That's my own feeling. I mean, we had to do what we had to do to protect. We had to find therapeutics and vaccines, and we had to find a way to live with this so our immunity could be built up. Some, if it naturally, 100 million people in, in this country have had the disease and have a natural immunity. So all is happening the way it must, but we can't be like in Nazi Germany. You brought that up. 
we can't be brought back to being controlled, being labeled, vaccinated, unvaccinated, like they put the Jewish door on the Jewish group of people and then tried to exterminate them and a lot of others. We can't allow that to happen again. And in a way, some of it is happening again. So that's how I feel. There were good things and there were some bad things. But I think we're getting past that now. And it's time to get to how we're going to find solutions to lots of the problems that there are. So I want to ask you, you write in the words of God that the absolute truth is that no group's book, no group's interpretation of me is superior to any other. I know what that means, but for our audience, tell us, what does that mean? And doesn't that contradict what so many religious groups and faith communities have been teaching all these years, that mine is the way, you know? Exactly. It's exactly, exactly contradicts it. Right. So the explanation goes like this. In the pagan world, which we always uh, say, oh, they were they were so illiterate and so unknowing. No, no, no. The pagan world was a very, very advanced civilization. But the pagan world had its um, its rules and its uh, codes. And along came Judaism, and Judaism said, well, the Torah, the five books of Moses, and the rest of the Hebrew Bible is superior to what the pagans said. And then Christianity came along and said, the New Testament is superior to the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, and they even call it replacement theology. And then Islam came along and said the Quran is better than all of them. And so we have to do, we have to listen only to the Quran. No, no, no. I'm with you. Each one, each one was a record of evolving human consciousness. Absolutely. So, so uh, no one talked about rocket, rocket ships in, in, in biblical times. Each one didn't replace what came before, it added to what came before. Because wisdom comes from everywhere, and wisdom doesn't belong to any one group. Wisdom belongs to the entire world. And the teachers and the messengers who brought that wisdom belong to the entire world. And you said this, please, let's try. We can come to know that wherever we look, there is God. All we have to do is be aware, be conscious. God is everything, everywhere. Seeing your face is like seeing the face of God. Absolutely. Love and compassion for our soul to grow and our energy to be refined within us. I want to thank you, Rabbi Wayne Dasik, for sharing your lifetime search for truth, God, and the remembrance of our eternal connection to God and all living things, finding that an important reason for a physical life experience is to remember, to know we are within God's energy and love, and to share God's message that all his children on earth and beyond are loved equally and are holy in that realization. To read more about this and fill your hearts with the energy of universal divine oneness, go to RadicalLoving.com or Amazon.com. RadicalLovingBook.com. RadicalLovingBook. Thank you. Okay. In summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, it has been my privilege to discuss 
the issues that are most dear to my heart and soul journey and to share the many loving messages that spirit, the divine God, universal source, or whatever you call that infinite eternal wisdom of creation which surrounds us, lives within us, and we within that force of love and compassion as we learn to use our time on earth to ask questions, ask for help when that's needed, and trust the larger plan for your lives and humanity as a whole. For within us and in, in this personal connection to God are the answers and a compass to guide us to truth, love, and living our best reality. Rabbi Dasik writes, paraphrasing the Talmud, There are singular moments in our lives when we can dis discern the entire reason for our existence. Our time has come. Our moment is now. We have to be ready to fulfill our destiny. We have to be joyfully willing to love, love, and love more. The pandemic and the civil unrest have finally cracked open our hearts. The light is slowly flowing in. We sense, we feel, we see the new world, home, waiting for us to grasp it and step inside. Home is the heart of love, and God is eagerly waiting, eagerly waiting to welcome us home. Rabbi Dasik and I would have you know that life is a miracle. Each of us is a miracle. And as we open to the goodness, kindness, and love of all that we are blessed to receive, we will grow more aware of our uniqueness and ways to harness the love God holds for each of us and for humanity. And we will grow ever closer to the divine eternal within us that transcends the challenges of life here and beyond. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing From Within, author of my newest book in a trilogy, and invite you to visit my website, CherylGlick.com, to read about and listen to leaders and authors in the metaphysical, scientific, spiritual, medical, psychological, legal, and arts and music fields discuss awakening, transformation, transition of a soul's divine and physical life experiences. Shows may also be heard on DreamVision7Radio.com and WebTalkRadio.net. Thank you.